Hello again and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and I'm back with Harlequin and England World Cup winner Rachel Burford. Oh, it's great to be back, Johnny. Puppies are feeling much better. Good, pleased to hear it. we've got so much to get stuck into this week. After Wales' heart-stopping late, late win over Ireland two weeks ago, it was England's turn for a last-minute drama in their game with France in Exeter. Two members of Simon Middleton's squad join us to take a look back at that thriller and also to preview Italy in Bedford this weekend. Yes, we'll catch two of the blooming red roses, wing Jess Breach and scrum half Leanne Riley. And we'll get an Italian view from what I think is one of the best Italian players at the moment is Giardo Franco. Giardo will look back at Italy's game against Japan last weekend and we'll look back Scotland versus Wales in Glasgow as well. Berth, good to see you. Glad the puppy's all right. Plenty of comments about um, how you were entertaining the puppy last week while you were interviewing uh, <laughs> Sarah Byrne. But all, all, all pleased to hear that the uh, the puppy's all right. What, what what was the problem? They've just been neutered, so then we don't have any more litters. But, oh, my God, they've been so needy. Um, but, yeah, they're all good. Back here, back with a pod. Very happy to be here. Jess Breach and Leanne Riley, two girls who, who you know very well. They'll give their account, of course, on the England game against France. Great crowd, great atmosphere. You were pitch side. How was it for you? Your assessment, please. Yeah, I think it was quite a mixed bag. I think both teams had some brilliance about them. Um, but both teams also had some real kind of big errors, uncharacteristic and... For me, France looked really refreshed and energised and I felt that England were a bit slow-started, a bit lethargic a little bit. Um, and maybe that's because it was the same team, long couple of weeks potentially. Um, and I also I thought they, they had lost the opportunity to win it when... Um, when they didn't win their own line, um, the line out, which was, you know, again, something that's a go-to for England. You would expect that to be one of the things that where they could punish them and turn the game around. Um, but in true fashion, they've got the ability, the experience, the calmness to take one opportunity and turn it around after a very poor kick from France um, to score on 79 minutes. And, and from looking on, and, and possibly a, a coach's perspective here, that, that was some incredible moment, wasn't it? Because everything had to be right. Mohanta had to have the vision. McKenna had to have the vision. Those passes needed to be correct. Emily Scout had to straighten and then put in a pass that made Lydia Thompson not, not check a run. That was really impressive finish. Yeah, it was. And I think it's quite easy in that moment to go, oh, we haven't got, we're not going to get an opportunity. We're not going to get a chance. You know, France had played very well up front, very dominant. And also the you would expect in that area of the pitch in the 22 that they would pick and go, they retain the ball, they clear their lines, run the clock down. But what England did, they applied so much pressure at that breakdown. You can see all players on their feet, nominating at the kicker, putting pressure on. Um, and that's something that they really work on about that breakdown area, putting teams under pressure in that area because it is a high-pressure area. And then, yeah, like you said, when the poor kick was put up, you saw Mo Hunt underneath it, you saw Sarah McKennan working off the ball, you saw Jess Breach working off the ball, working round. They know that 
um, where all the French players were in that breakdown and around that where that 10 was. So they knew that there was space somewhere. Um, and then for the execution, Mose had the vision to move the ball. Same with McKenna, same with Emily Scarra. And then Emily Scarra had options, obviously, with Jess Breach and Lydia either side of her. And then, but it wasn't all just done and dusted. Lydia still had to get on the outside of that player, fight to finish. get to that line and get to that line. And, and, but that is what she is world class at. Yeah, great finish, wasn't it? Um, so next week, or this weekend, should I say, Bedford spreading the love, spreading the gospel around the country, which can only only be a good thing. Italy, a different prospect tactically for England? Um, look, I think at the weekend against France, I don't think that tactically they got many things wrong. It was more their execution and how they finished off things. So I think they'll be looking to sharpen that area up. Um, and potentially look at how they start. They need a big start to get into this Italian team. So historically, you know, against Italy, they come out all guns blazing. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see them not playing in their third and in their half. They'll be looking to push the ball down into the corners and apply pressure there. England have a very dominant set piece against Italy historically. So I think that'll be an area that they're going to look to apply pressure and to build territory from those moments. And what's the biggest work on sort of post-game? They talk about middle third of the of the field is, is that the area that England need to get right um do you know what for me a lot of players got caught ball in hand or they didn't have enough depth to to try and do something with so I think that'll be an area they look at you know the likes of Zemi Scarrett got caught a couple of times and um, we've got the ball passed into touch a couple of times so I think you know they'll be looking at holding their depth a little bit more managing that space a little bit better because like France Italy are the same in terms of defence they come for a big rushing defence so you'll probably see the likes of Emily Scarrett Zoe Harrison if they're in that team to be sitting a little bit deeper in that middle third Many changes for you personnel wise for the um, Roses? I think they'll probably look at a bit of rotation they've had two big big um, games and like I said you know maybe a little bit of freshness for the legs and for um, the team will actually give them a bit more energy to go against because this Italian team is going to be absolutely firing when they come out so having a look at some of the other results from the weekend Scotland played up against Wales Wales coming through that 17 points to three up at Glasgow I mean, it's quite some turnaround for the Welsh team isn't it after that record defeat to Spain a couple of weeks ago it was a good performance on the Welsh. Yeah, I think Scotland would be quite disappointed, to be honest, because I think the, the players that they have on paper um, should have reflected a bit of a closer scoreline. But, yeah, it seems that, you know, something's going on within the Welsh camp and things are turning. Um, maybe some of this new young blood is just given a new lease of life. Italy drew with Japan as well, 17 points. Or we might just touch with that with the Giada Franco uh, later on in the pod but uh, that's you know, the men's team Japan doing well the women's team a couple of years ago that was a sort of 20 odd point nilling for uh, for Italy so fair play to the Japanese women other bit of news Lisa Burgess what do you know her as? Bird everyone Bird. knows her as Bird Bird four World Cups 87 caps a captain for, for Wales a real trailblazer uh, first elected female director of the WRU. Huge plaudits to her, which all that she continues to do in the game. In other news as well, Lisa Burgess is also going to be coaching the Crayshaws, which is a historical moment for them, where they come together to play against Wales um, at the weekend in Cardiff. So it's going to be a really exciting game. They've got internationals from all over the globe um, to take part in it. So looking at, looking forward to that one. A couple of games we need to let you know about as well. Big game. At Twickenham, you should probably let us know about that, being your club. 
Yeah, how exciting. So we get the opportunity to play at Big Game um, on December the 28th. And um, we're playing after the men, which has been a historical time for them. And now we get the opportunity and we're going to be playing against the back-to-back champions of um, Ireland in the provinces of um, Leinster. Nice, very, very good. Grab your tickets for that. And another match we must just let you know about is the, the Worcester match against Bristol Bears on the 1st of December. It's going to be rugby, live music, family attractions, all in aid of the UK Sepsis Trust. Tickets are only £5, so do get along and support that. I'm Kira Bevan, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Okay, time to welcome our first guest this week. One is a scrum half who has won the Red Rose 33 times, an integral part of the setup for the last five years. The other is a winger who has the most ridiculous strike rate 20 tries in a nine caps to date. It's a big WRP welcome to Jess Breach and Leanne Riley. Hello, ladies. Hello. How are we? Welcome to the Holiday Inn next to uh, the Surrey Sports Park, which uh, you know very well. Have you guys stayed here for, for England camps before? I've You're never, no. She's a bit young. Too young. Yeah, I have. Lovely. It's nice. Here we are. Thank you very much, Holly. And for Christmas uh, trees out already. Yeah, Christmas trees are going up. How was the weekend for you guys? Sporting a lovely black eye, Jess. Leanne, you, you, you started the game. How was it for you? Yeah, it was a really tough game. Um, France definitely came at us and we were under no illusion that they were going to do that. Um, Probably a bit slow to counter some of their tactics at times, but you know we finished well and Lydia's ultimate try at the end um, got us over the board. So yeah, we've definitely got a lot to work on. Um, I'm sure training will be hard this week, um, so we're looking forward to righting some wrongs last week and hopefully getting another win against Italy on Saturday. Playing a team back-to-back, how tricky is that? Oh, it's a huge challenge mentally and physically. Um, you know, we didn't get a break. We come straight off the back of the plane ride home um, straight back into training and into our environment over here so yeah it was mentally tough um, but it's, it's a huge challenge and it's a huge opportunity especially for the likes of France who you know were playing away in Six Nations in a couple of months time it was a massive challenge for us um, like I say one that we we got the two wins and they weren't always pretty um, and there's stuff for us to work on but yeah it was a massive challenge for us and we you know We've come away from it, and we're two wins from two. Yeah, I think you know. At the end of that, at the end of the day, you came away with a win, regardless of how the game actually went. I mean, you touched on it there about not having any respite, and maybe that could have been a bit of the difference. So, for me, when I was watching, it looked like France just had a bit more energy about them, and potentially that could have been a difference. And also, they had a lot more changes in their in their lineup. So, you know, for me, maybe reflect going moving forward that the England camp maybe look at giving you guys an opportunity to have a bit more downtime just. To kind of step away especially when you travel away from home it's so physically and mentally draining so but you still managed to get um, the final result in the end from Lydia and um, but in it, Lydia's um, interview on Sky Sports at the end she mentioned about how you guys it's so exciting that you can kind of you've still got so much more to go you've still got so much more to learn and Again, you get another opportunity this weekend. So is there a couple of things that have already been kind of put out there in camp that you guys are going to be working on? I think it's down to our basics and our skill execution. Um, like you say, we've all, we're not the finished article. We're always going to have things to work on. But I think um, definitely our skill execution, especially in that middle third of the pitch, is something that we've 
noted that it's not been um, as good as it has been previously um, and as a nine you know I always like the ball on a plate at the breakdown and um, the breakdown is something that France made really hard for me so as a team I know that's something that definitely we'll be looking to correct as well and make that a little bit cleaner for us so that we can play at the tempo we want to play at. And Jess any comments on the scrum? <laughs> well I did feature as a flanker um, out in France um, I did enjoy it muchly and I think I did a better job than yeah. Johnny May did yeah definitely 100%. I really pushed the scrum with my shoulder um, not your head no it was my shoulder oh, I did have to ask someone did say one knee on the ground not two or something like that and I was like oh okay 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 um, but yeah no I think um, that was my first time playing France in France um, other than under 20s um, so the experience was really good and I really liked the crowd and um, I think yeah definitely getting a win in France is beneficial to us and we can definitely grow from that even though it wasn't pretty and then winning in extra as well wasn't pretty we can grow as a team and as a squad going into Italy and then going into the Six Nations. So you're incredibly young let's not embarrass Berth and I by say, saying how, how young you are is that something you feed off then? Obviously, you're talking about that, that France experience because a brilliant crowd, fa- fabulous atmosphere, as always is in France. Is this something you feed off then rather than get daunted? I and mean, was that a general feel within the squad? Yeah, I think so. I think all the um, older people within the team have definitely experienced it before us younger ones. <laughs> um, so they have told us that, you know, it's something to... Um, experience and to get used to I think when you play France and I think me and Zoe my um, roomie um, always of we're just in our room thinking okay well it's we've experienced it in our 20s yes it's going to be more but we sort of like that sort of thing and um, we thrive off having a big crowd I think anyone does and I think because the game is growing that's what we want to see we don't want you know any like hundreds of people we want like thousands of people watching us um, so I think yeah it's good for us to have that. So then how good was it at Sandy Park then, with all the, with all the, the people there? Yeah, excellent. I, I love going to Sandy Park. I think after we went there um, in the Six Nations playing Italy, like me and Liam were like, oh, like this is somewhere that the whole um, like extra just get behind the rugby. And I think because rugby in Exeter is so big that they just want to get behind the women's programme as well. And I think going back there and playing France, one of the top teams, I think they all got excited from that as well. Yeah, I remember I was on the sideline watching you guys celebrate and everybody literally just got out of their seats and everybody's kind of stood around the edge of the pitch just waiting to get a picture, autograph. Literally, when in the Six Nations, when we popped down to get a coffee, literally the whole town knew about it. Like Everybody really does get, get behind the team. So moving to Bedford now, how excited are you to play there? Because that's a new place that the women's game's not been to before. Yeah, I think I spoke to um, Mids at um, a dinner or a lunch and he was just basically asking me and Zoe if we've ever been to Bedford or not and um, we said no and then Zoe said something about the pitch, how it's like on a slant or something and he said, yeah, if you stand one end, you can't see your forehead if someone stands at the other or something like that. He said it's ridiculous, but it's a new challenge for us, I think, um, somewhere we've never been and we're growing the game in the whole country so we've got to go to different ends and um, Bedford is somewhere that we is new to us and we've got to experience. He's a five-foot drop. Oh. From one corner to the that's, diagonal corner. It's only just higher than you. <laughs> <laughs> but they do. They, they they have ladies' days at Bedford. The Blues there. They're a really good uh, marketing team. Whatever. I think it'll be have, have, a, have a great reception there. Just just a, before we talk about Italy a little bit more, uh, we've got Giada Frank on the on the show later on, which will be Boom. brilliant as well. Oh, N- not while you're here. It's okay. Hey, Giada. <laughs> <laughs> um. We were talking just before we, we, we got rolling. Why were you calling for an inside ball off Emily Scarrett 
um, for the try to go out to Lily Thompson? Well, just that I was there, you know. It's just giving Skaz another option. She's been working on a left-hand passing, so she wanted to pass it to Lydia. Yeah, really. probably. That's probably what it was, yeah. But it, it, it was fabulous. I mean, it, the atmosphere just mm. went, off the, went off the chart, didn't it? Great vision from, from Mo. Um, McKenna. McKenna, yeah, Sarah McKenna, and, and then wonderful pass from Skaz. Yeah. Just, just give us a sense of, the, of that moment. Oh, I think it was incredible. I think we all knew that we had to keep the ball and we had to do something to like to win the game and to score in the corner. I think it was incredible and to score like that as well. I think it was definitely a team effort. I think no one was selfish in that scenario and we definitely got it out to the width where the space was. And then yeah, Lydia scored in the corner and I think everyone just went crazy, didn't they? Just everyone jumped on Lydia and we knew that that was the winning moment of the game. And like Leanne said earlier, it wasn't pretty and you know potentially might not have even deserved to win, but you've got the best teams grind out a win at the end of the day and that's what we did. Um, like it's something that you guys have been working a lot on in training, isn't it? Like our counter attack, because we know teams are going to kick to us, and it's what we do with that ball. So you know, f- watching from the sideline, the minute I saw that kick go up and it going into the middle of the field, and just seeing the movement of our girls around it, um, you know, before Mo had even caught the ball, I knew where Lydia was, and I knew it was going to get to her one way or another. And I think that's really exciting to see stuff um, that we're trying in training paying off in a game as well. And you talk about the, the older players, so the, the grandma centers and what have you in the side. Senior, senior players. Senior players. No, you said older. Wise owls. Yeah, nice. Yeah, wise owls. Because when, when the dust settles, looking on from a, a non-player's perspective, a broadcast perspective, for a younger side that, that it is this autumn, to actually pull yourselves through against a, a French side that put you under huge amounts of pressure for two weeks in a row, to actually pull it out of the fire, because it had to be right. You get it wrong, the whistle blows, you lose the game. Yeah. Was that spoken about post-match with, with Simon Middleton in the, in the change room? No, not really. I think because the game was so tight and the last kind of seven, eight minutes, you know, decisions weren't going our way and it was definitely from the sideline looking more tense and it was like, are we going to get that opportunity? Are we going to get that field position? Was more around it. I think, again, you girls work a lot about not going into touch and giving you girls earlier balls so that you've got room to play with and I think that's something that Scars did really well. You know, you had there, I think it was Bordon tracking across um, and I think Scars tripped over herself after she ended up passing the ball but I think she gave it at the right time. She gave Lydia enough room to do what she needed to do and I mean you guys know where the touchline is and um, you know she still had a little bit of room to play with so I think it's just one of those where um, you've got to back your pace and you've got to back your ability and back yourself and that's something that Lydia does do really well and you Jess I think we um, trust our forwards to do the pick and go as well and I think then it just allows us as backs to do our job right and to see that we can finish those sort of opportunities when we need to and when it's a must um, which I think is really key for the team and a bonding part of the team knowing that everyone can do their job right when it's crucial. Yeah I think watching for me was um, you know the time was up you had one shot to kick the penalty to the corner and then you lost the ball and it probably everybody thought do you know that, that's our shot gone but when you actually look at the game you see probably 13 players around that ruck hassling that ruck putting pressure on the kicker and then that's what makes the kick really poor executed from France. And then, like you say, you just take that opportunity for something to be looked dead in the water and then to turn it around. And, oh, my God, the roar from the crowd. Literally, it was unbelievable. So, yeah, it was quite a, a remarkable moment to witness. And Italy, a very different prospect this weekend, or, or is it a different prospect? Yeah, I think they give us a different challenge. I think in the Six Nations, um, we were quite shocked in the first bit of the game. Um, they're definitely a different sort of team, but some of their bits play is like the same like in their defence. Um, France and Italy are a bit the same, but 
Italy are very sporadic and you don't actually know what they're going to do. Like you don't know whether they're going to kick the ball or if they're going to run it from their like, try line. Um, but I think it's a challenge that we're going to accept and I think it's good going into, this, into the Six Nations to play them again um, to give us that opportunity to um, right some wrongs from when we last played them and definitely right some wrongs from the French games. And obviously you're playing against Harlequin's teammate, Jada. I mean, what are you expecting from her? Oh, she's a tough, tough cookie. <laughs> I mean, I think we've had a little harsh words in training before. Um, but yeah, I think she's a, she's a good player, isn't she? she? She knows what she's doing and I think she's grown definitely within Harlequin's and she's become a better player since being with us um, in September. So yeah, she's definitely going to give us um, a few me- give them a few metres and give us a challenge. Yeah, I think um, last Six Nations she was one of their go-to players and their forwards in terms of their ball-carrying ability. And, um, you know, she gets around the corner, she accelerates onto the ball and, um, you know, we've got to be able to deal with that at the end of the day. So um, I'm sure there's not going to be much difference to what she does for us at Quinns now and what she does for Italy. So um, hopefully we can get the upper hand and hopefully try and expect some of those ball-carrying runs now. So she's going to be joining us on the pod. Have you got a message for her? We're coming for you. (laughs) Beckett's going to get you, Jada. <laughs> so we open up to uh, social media um, to find some questions to you ladies. We had a causing a bit of a storm, you two. You're obviously very popular, and not just with family members. We'll come on to that in a, Hi, in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, Trish. <laughs> Hi, second mum. <laughs> yeah, our, th- our thoughts and, and lots of love go out, go out to your mum at the moment. Um, having a bit of a, a tough time. But we'll come to her question right at the very end. But... Uh, Berth's going to kick us off with a, with a few questions from uh, from social media. So my social media has been literally inundated with loads of questions. So thanks. How many for this. more followers did you get? Uh, How many for more followers did we get? That's the question. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, you can check that out later. Okay, right. So we're going to start off with a quick fire round. So real quick, quickly, just one word answers. Jesse single from Matt. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> fav- yeah. Is Archie going to be listening? I don't know. He is now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not single. No. She's very happy. I am very happy. Um, Okay, moving on. Uh, Pre-game song. Favourite pre-game song from Bethany. Go, Liam. Oh, God. Um, Quick fire. This is me. Go. Go. Jack Jones play. Jess? I don't really listen to music, sorry. This is from um, Sporting Ash. So, who's the joker in the team at England camp? Sarah Beckett. Hannah Bottomman. Oh. Who's in charge of all the fines? Marley Packer. Yeah, Marley. She's also known as the... She, gov, governor. Governor. <laughs> in camp. Um, who's in charge of like social time and downtime? Um, Mo does a bit of organising around that, I think. Best That's route. our compete to win things. We have like competitions within our team. We have sub-teams. Nice. Um, who's winning at the moment? Which team? We've started fresh, so we've oh, only okay. had one round so far, haven't we? Oh, your team, all right. In France, it was just me and Santa in our team, so actually... Quiz, yeah. yeah. yeah and we you won. won. We won the quiz. Nice one, so you're leading. Uh, best roomie? Zoe Harrison. Oh! oh. Are you gonna, which one are you going to pick? I've got to say with the trio, it's got to be Emily Scott and Victoria Cornborough. I can't choose no, between them. Sorry. Best room me? It's just what you, you room with someone else. You don't room with two other people. Yeah, but we may as well. We all live... Oh, oh. Take the pressure. <laughs> Take, who's not going to listen out of the two? Scotty won't listen, so Cornbra. <laughs> <laughs> um, worst roomie? I had to share with Ray Burnfield once, and she oh, snores. Yeah. So, yeah. 
on one hands down. I've never actually shared with anyone else, I don't think, but I have heard that, well, I know actually that Hannah does snore real bad and Zoe had to run with her when I went to sevens. Oh. Yeah. Um, best Instagram game? Oh, Jess is pointing at herself, by the right, way. Jess this is a reach. pod, not a video, <laughs> Jess. You're up there. Fleeto? Oh, yeah, fair play. Oh, right, okay. Moving on. Favourite male player? Oh. I do really like Danny Kerr, I'm not going to lie. Danny Kerr? Yeah. Nice. Archie, Jess. Arch- Archie White, <laughs> he plays for Harlequins. He's number six. He's just hurt his hamstring, so he's coming back. Woo! <laughs> Yay. I'm throwing up over the mic. Is that all right? <laughs> nice, right? Okay, that's our um, fire round. But that was the slowest fire round I think we've Leanne ever done. Was slow. Leanne yeah, was slow. It's the song that gets me. Depends you on the you mood are I'm actually in. in charge of the music yeah, at Harlequin, so you have the whole playlist. There's a real mix, though. There's like some light-hearted, like just. Yeah, but this is about moving. you, not about the whole playlist. Just have what you do you like to the playlist to the Harlequins playlist? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Right. Okay. Moving into some. Um, more deep and meaningful questions we've got our first one up from russell earnshaw and he's asked advice to coaches um to who are coaching young people what was it that you loved and what things could have been done better growing up i think when you're growing up you're just playing rugby for fun um so you know making constantly changing things making it really I love playing games I used to hate doing all the drills and stuff on the side so gameplay stuff where you're mixing things up um either we get to make up the rules or you know the rules are just constantly changing is stuff that I enjoyed the most and just remembering why the girls or boys are there playing um a lot of it will be around to have fun you'll have some that will want to take it a little bit more seriously but you've you know you've got to cater for all so just having that relationship with them so that you can competitively push the ones that want to go but also also appreciate the ones that are there to play with their mates and throw a ball around on a muddy Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, fun, fun, fun. M- moving on from that, uh, Will Hill. Is it Will Hill? Uh, coming with a question. He's got a couple of daughters. Um, bit of a divide between the boys and the girls, and the boys are now throwing 10 feet passes to avoid the girls and pass to their mates who are, who are boys. Any nice tips to, to get around that kind of stuff? I don't know. I think it's hard. I think I remember, I remember when I was playing with the boys... Um, there is that divide but you just have to try and get involved I think I became really good friends with one of the boys who probably would class himself as one of the popular boys within the team so you just had to get friendly with them I think and just try and get involved and actually probably just be a nag because as soon as you're a nag they just they're like oh just go away but then if you get what you want like the ball there then you're going to stop and then they realize that um so I think yeah just keep trying keep getting involved and um, keep nagging them really be a scrum half because then you get your hands on the ball a lot and you can choose whether to run or pass there you go great work um so we've got Thea from Byingford RFC who plays number nine Leanne um her question is how do you guys cope with the pressure of the idea of losing so this is a great scenario from the weekend potentially <laughs> very well it would seem yes mm-hmm. um I think before a game you know if you're going into a game thinking that then you've probably lost that battle already so um, we all play rugby because we're competitive and we we love the game and obviously we do love to win Um, you can't win them all um, so you know for Harlequins we've lost the last two Tyrrells finals and it's been it's been hard um, you know but at the weekend I think you've just got to stick to your process remember why you do it you know for people like us we've got a structured game plan that you know we stick to or we've gone in and had that half-time talk and we've adapted so it's just sticking to your process be confident within yourself um, you know 
if you've got confidence within you, you're going to go out and playing with a smile on your face. I, I've played the best ever rugby that I've played just by playing for Harlequin, smile on my face, no pressure whatsoever. And I think that's what you've got to remember. So for me, in terms of pressure, um, it's remembering why I do it, looking to the person left and right of me, the changing rooms and um, just taking it from there. I agree. I agree. Um, next question so we've had lots of questions around nutrition and kind of what you guys eat is there anybody who's got a sweet tooth um, so I'm going to kind of try and round this up a little bit so pre-match meals what are your go-tos um, if it's like I'm, breakfast I'll have like porridge um, and then if I have a late kickoff I might have like eggs and avocado um, but I don't really I'm not very good at eating before a game personally it's not my forte um, similar, I don't like to eat too much, so I'll probably have avocado and eggs on toast, um, maybe with a little bit of bacon or something on the side. So I'll have a bigger breakfast, and then I'll probably take a banana and have like an energy gel and stuff before the game for a snack. And post-game? I love a takeaway. Pardon? I like a takeaway. What takeaway do you like, Jess? <laughs> I quite like a Chinese or a Wagamama. Yeah, I think, Jess, you're looking to get sponsored by Wagamama. Yes, I am. Wagamama, hit me up, please. (laughs) If you needed a pick-me-up or a treat, what would be your thing? We did a game the other day in training. It was the first person to drop the ball, had to buy each other a brownie or a chocolate sweet. Hammering it down and raining. And Zoe Harrison was the first person, so she bought us all a treat (laughs) bag of chocolate. (laughs) Um, Yeah, chocolate or a Krispy Kreme donut. Leanne always comes into my room and asks if I've got any treats, actually. She always goes, do you have any treats? Do you have any treats? Like little and often, it's better than a lot and never, right? But you don't supply yourself, you just go scavenging. No, she, she does sometimes, sometimes. I do, I, I actually just eat it all too quickly. I don't bring enough, <laughs> I don't bring don't enough share. for the whole two weeks of camp. <laughs> so here's a question from Hiding for a While, asking about, let's say we just played Saracens last weekend, big game, one of us has won or lost, and then we go into camp. Is there tension or is that kind of all put aside? It's, you're on England duty now, club was what it was, or do you get a lot of grief and banter depending what way that the result went? I mean, I think there's always a bit of banter within the sides. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, when we're in the team rooms and before we've started training, you, there will be banter flying around and um, all... I like to think is not necessarily meaningful at times but yeah I think by the time we get onto the pitch you know we know where our focus is at so um, everything's put aside there and we're we're there to train hard and you know gel together and um, work on whatever we're working on in training so I think on the pitch there's definitely no hard feelings and we're there to do a job um, but off the field there's always the bantersome group of the lot that will throw that around I think. Correct. Oh who's got the best chat then who's got the best banter? Oh, but I think that's controversial because some people think they have good chat when actually they don't. Tell them. No. <laughs> so who's, who's, who, who thinks they've no, got good saying, chat? I don't think I have very good chat and lots of people tell me I don't. But sometimes I come out with quite witty stuff, but very it's little enough. Do you get impressed with yourself when you do that? Yeah, sometimes. When people laugh at me, I'm like, yes, I've made a good one. So who are you laughing at most with the banter? I don't know. When it's not aimed at me, it's just anyone, really. When it's aimed at me, I do cry a little bit inside. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Mo gave us banter the other day, didn't she? For all the Harlequins being on one team, in the oh, Youngies. Yeah. Actually, we won, so... We, every now and then, we have, like, competitive time um, where, especially in the backs, we go oldies v Youngies. Guess who's on the young team, by the way? Yeah. Still making the cut. Sti- just. By one. <laughs> by one um, but for some reason Scotty was also so it was by two actually last weekend Scotty was on our team as well um, and we weren't we absolutely first smashed time, it first time. and Mo was like yeah but where's all the Harlequins players Harlequins cheat and we were like we can gel that's I was Jess don't rise to it Jess don't rise to it walk away walk away 
Um, okay, moving on from Tabitha. I've um, got a couple more questions and then we'll finish up. But she's asked a question of um, how do you keep your confidence after getting injured? Great one for you. Oh, um, I think you've just got to know where you're, where you're going to come back from. Um, I think this summer, obviously, I hurt my shoulder and I had an operation and didn't go on summer tour. But I had lots of things to... Um, keep me positive going into that so I had some holidays booked with some friends um, that I can relax on um, and then just had a really good um, rehab program with um, Harlequins and I knew that I would come back for the beginning of the season so I wasn't really that stressed and I knew my shoulder would be stronger coming back from the surgery um, so you've just got to keep positive and you always know there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel you always know it's going to get better and if that takes six months a year or it only takes three months you you know it's just going to get there you just have to take your time and be positive with it I think that's the key thing if you start to have a negative outlook you're it's going to take slower and it's going to take longer but if you're positive then it's going to be okay very nice and this isn't a question but mama Trish came involved and she sent us a picture of a little teddy do you want to let us know a little bit about that um, he is called Doggy Creative, um, and he comes everywhere with me. Um, he has now got a friend called Josie, and she is a unicorn. Um, but yeah, Doggy, I've had him since I was a baby. Um, he's come to Australia. Um, yeah, there he is. Oh, basically, that story is because I forgot him one time when I was on camp, and I knew my dad was going to the airport to go away for work, and I said to him, please, can you bring him? So my dad strapped him up in the car, um, brought him along to Bisham, put him in a bag because I didn't want anyone, want anyone to see him, and then dropped him off at Bisham reception, and then he was there, um, and I picked him up. She makes a bed every morning and tucks Doggy and Josie in next to a pillow and then they're there for the day. Yeah, because they <laughs> like each other and so they've got company. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just like, and he comes with me like when we go on away trips with Harlequins, even if we go on the bus, like he came to Darlington. The bus drivers tucked him in, she wasn't impressed with <laughs> no, that. No, yeah, they touched him, I didn't like that. He's lovely though, isn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean I don't carry teddies around with me. Maybe when you're twenty six you won't, I don't know. Don't worry, Doggy, you're still gonna be there. Alright. You do you, boo. It's really nice. Wow, the arch finisher with a with a softer side, <laughs> ladies. So, so, some great insight there. Thank you very much indeed to to everyone for for firing those questions in. I'm Simon Middleton, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Now for something completely different on the WRP. Take it away, ladies. Leanne, do you like a competition? <laughs> I love a competition. Well, we have two pairs of tickets to give away for the Harlequins and Saracens game on the 14th of December. Follow, tag in, if possible, the person you want to go with and tell us why you want to go to the game. Jess, I would like to go with you to the game because you're my best friend. Yes! (laughs) Many thanks to uh, Atlanta Harlequins for donating those tickets. Thank you very much, ladies. All the very, very best uh, at Goldington Road. Enjoy the slope, enjoy the crowd and uh, enjoy Italy. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Goodbye. I'm Sarah Hunter, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. So it's Italy next for Jess and Leanne, and their flanker, Giada Franco, has been making a huge impression recently. Yeah, bright star, that one, on 12 caps at the moment for Italy. Big welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod to Giada Franco. Ciao. Ciao, indeed, yeah. <laughs> We're going to focus our attention a little bit back now on Six Nations. I mean, that was probably Italy's best result. How was it for you and the team? Hi, Hi. Thank you for having me. Uh, was really was really good. I think that is the best explanation that 
an Italian team ever had. So really happy for that. We we know that will be it was a, a really hard tournament, and we were able to do something special. So we're really happy for the last season. And obviously building into the game that you had last week against Japan, how was that result? I know maybe not the end result that you wanted, but as a team, how did you find that? Yeah, we, we, were, we are really uh, disappointed for the game, not for the final result, as you said, but for how the game was. We didn't express ourselves uh, at our best like we did the last season, but I think it was a little bit normal because, you know, we didn't see each other since the last Six Nations. So we had only only two days of camp, three days of camp before the game. Uh, there was some really experienced player, like, for example, the captain that wasn't able to play. So a lot of young players too. And it's not, it's not uh, the reason of... Of uh, of we of how we played, but there is uh, all of these uh, factors doesn't uh, how I can say doesn't uh, put us in the best condition to play. But I think that we are happy now to be in camp again tomorrow and prepare our best the next game again in England. I mean, you, it's always been difficult to play against you guys as a team because you're really unpredictable. Um, I mean, how are you looking forward to playing against England this weekend? You know, hopefully the cobwebs have been blown out. You looking to put on another great performance like you did in the Six Nations against England last year? Yeah, it's always exciting playing against England, you know. It's one of the, it's one of the best uh, teams, not only in the Six Nations, but... In, in all the world so when we when we play against them it's always um, it's always a really good um, challenge uh, we know that we have to put our best to be able to put them in trouble or reach a good result and obviously you're going to be up against some of your teammates from Harlequins. There's a few of the names. Um, are you looking forward to that? And um, we've just had Jess and Leanne on uh, on the pod and they sent you a little bit of a message to you. Have you got a message to reply to them? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to play against them, you know. Uh, we had a really good uh, feeling during this first half of Premier 15, so... I'm really happy to play against them. They were world-class players. So, yeah, the message is... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Say it in Italian. So then I don't know. Ci vediamo sabato. That means see you on Saturday and we'll see what happens. Oh, brilliant. Thank you, Franco. That's been awesome having you on the pod. And I wish you the very best Thank this you. weekend. Um, I look forward to watching you. for you and everyone involved in the pod. Speaks well, doesn't she? Speaks almost as well as she plays. 
Yeah, her English has come a long, long way since she joined at Queen's. Look, she's a fantastic person. Her energy at club is brilliant. And she's just, you know, reaping the rewards of all her hard work off the pitch, on the pitch at the moment. Beware England, because she will be coming for you, especially Leanne Riley with that kind of message as well. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for joining us for the 10th episode of the Women's Rugby Pod. A big thank you to everyone. Our, our listeners all over the world. We've got listeners in Mexico, USA, New Zealand, Australia. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us and supporting everything that we are doing. In our 11th edition next week, we'll go all bar-bars on you. Congrats must go to Joe Yap, the Worcester head coach. She's been appointed the coach of the bar-bars. Coach Rachel Taylor and manager Fiona Stockley and others will join us to discuss the unique culture and the history of that famous black and white Barbar's shirt. And of course we'll review England's Italian job and boss Simon Middleton assesses the Red Roses autumn series. And we must do a shout out to Erin Wimblegroves, a 10 year old. We've loved hearing about your star and your passion for rugby in the Rugby for All article on Big Little Sports. If you have a story to tell, why not get in touch with Outpod Women's Rugby or email us at womensrugbypod at gmail.com and let us know and we'll give you a shout out. And don't forget the competition for those two pairs of tickets for the Harlequins against Saracens game on the 14th of December. And remember, whatever you're doing to support the women's game, wherever you are, keep it up. Until next time. <laughs>